Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. Hello and welcome to part two of the special podcast with me CJ, your host on sleep and sleep hacks. So we will be continuing from last week's podcast and um, let's jump right in because this is going to be a short one. Last week we spoke about, you know, having your environment cool, sleeping naked, removing all these Wi-Fi and network devices that could affect your sleep. This week I want you to try to sleep a bit earlier and especially try to sleep before 11 p.m. Why? Because there is some science that shows that sleep timing depends on your chronotype. But according to circadian biology, many of these essential functions in the body happen between 11 and 1 a.m. Most of these are automated systems such as our gallbladder dumping toxins. And if you're awakened during this process, the toxins can, for example, in this thing, can cycle back to your liver and spoil your health and it can affect your sleep as well. Our deepest levels of sleep happen between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. and this is called the second wind phenomenon, which states that if you try to sleep after 11 p.m., your body sort of gets energized and doesn't allow you to sleep. The second wind is regularly driven by cortisol and this is the reason why you might Find yourself that it's easy for you to sleep before 10, but if you start try to sleep after 10, it's difficult and you would usually sleep around 12 or 2 a.m. Second wind phenomenon, people. Keep it noted. The next one is to eliminate any noise. Just like light, sound can disturb your sleep too. It could be because of sound of traffic on the street or the sound from your neighbors. Well, sound by itself elicits a stress response where the nervous system gets alerted and starts scanning for threats in the environment, which doesn't help when you're trying to go to sleep, right? Environmental noise, especially from transportation, is a very significant reason for sleep disturbances. Sounds at night or a nocturnal noise can also release hyperhormones such as adrenaline, noradrenaline, and cortisol. It can increase your heart rate, it can increase your blood pressure, and induce insomnia-like symptoms. In addition, like when people who sleep in a nocturnal noise often suffer from daytime sleepiness, tiredness, they suffer from mood change, annoyance, and a decline in cognitive performance. See, so much just for the noise. While you should try reducing your sounds or noise that might disturb you, You can use a little extra biohacking and add some sounds in your environment to help you sleep better. Sounds playing at different frequencies can also help you sleep better. The color of sounds, or we say the color of the noise, often correlates to the sound of the signal's energy which is how much of power this sound normally has. So, for example, we have different sorts of noises that you can use. Let's look at a few of them. 
the first one is called white noise. Now, white noise is a consistent frequency of sound that can come from things like AC, your fan, a CPAP machine. Um, fluctuations in a noise car can create stress response while sleeping. However, um, when you have this white noise, it can effectively have this effect of blocking any noise coming from the street or from your house itself. I recommend finding voice uh, voice, sorry, sounds such as white noises on YouTube or any of your favorite help or holistic app. It's mostly like this sound called like and it sort of masks any sound coming from outside. And this is the sort of sound we are normally used to hearing. So it helps us sleep faster. Then we have something called as pink noise. And this consists of all the frequencies we can hear, but with a lower intensity to create deeper sounds. In nature, when you think about it, pink, song, pink noise can come from things like wind, rain droplets, uh, sounds of leaves flying. And a study in the frontiers of human neuroscience found that pink noise can reduce brain waves and help you fall into a deeper mode of sleep. So experiment with some pink noise. Then we have something called as brown noise. Well, brown noise is mostly a bit more powerful intensity of sounds, such as a thunderstorm or a waterfall. Those are more intense, but they also help you sleep. Then we have black noise. Black noise is when there is no noise in the environment. Many people prefer having black noise and rest and they often rest well in the absence of sound and to get to black noise all you have to do is to invest in a good earplug so there you go here are four different sorts of sounds that you can use to help you go to sleep or else just block all sounds the next one is using your bed only for sleeping or for sex how does this work? Well, people have, when I consult with people, people often have a habit of watching Netflix, replying to emails, eating on their beds. And these activities sort of like hijack your brain to believe that it's time for bed. And it's, it's basically you're screwing up your queuing system. And this is, when let me put it in a better way. When you repeat watching Netflix or replying to emails or eating on your bed, um, you keep repeating this pattern for weeks, for months, for years, and this causes a disassociation effect from sleeping. It results in insomnia, and it will honestly take you a larger time to fall asleep when you use your bed for something else. So, texting binge watching and randomly going through the internet can increase uh, increase even sort of this excitability effect in the brain and in the neurons and when you have like this combined with the blue light it reduces your melatonin and when we look at the research according to research reported by wall street journal it it doesn't come to a surprise that 8 in 10 young professionals 
or about 80% of the people admit that they bring their work to their bed. And according to lighting research carried out by the Rensselaer Polytech Institute, exposure to a tablet or a screen at night can reduce your melatonin levels by 22%. Every time you use your bed for other things, well, which includes screen, there is a 22% chance of you not sleeping. Please make sure you only reserve your bed for either sex or for sleeping. This will create positive associations and this way, you will be able to only sleep on your bed. The next one is to maintain a consistent bedtime. Going to bed at similar times, even on weekends, trains your biology to fall asleep quickly. If you went to bed late due to, you know, things in life, try and wake up at the same regular waking time. For this what you need to first understand is to choose a bedtime that agrees with your chronobiology and go to bed at the same time. This is highly important, guys. Go to the bed at the same time every day. It is normally, even for me, it's super tempting to, you know, sleep in on weekends. But circadian rhythms don't operate that way. Circadian rhythms don't have a weekend or a party mode. And they will really destroy your sleep. So if you want consistent sleep, please, I recommend that you stick to your sleep sleep time and wake up time. And if you're feeling extra sleepy, especially on weekends or something like that, because you woke up too early, then try to take small naps. It's called polyphasic sleeping and it really helps as well. This is really important for sleeping because sleep irregularity can also affect other areas of health. For example, a study done at Duke University School of Medicine shows that more irregular, irregular sleep patterns, it's correlated with people having higher risk of developing obesity, diabetes, they have elevated blood pressures and heart diseases as well. The next one is to have a bedtime ritual. Having a routine or a ritual before bed and this is really important because it sort of like tricks your mind into falling asleep faster. Um, a way you can extend this is like, you know, for example, we have rituals such as brushing our teeth or showering before bed. However, when you add more things to this routine and be consistent, their effectiveness on how well you're sleeping increases. So find a routine that you can, you know, do every day or, you know, within the last hour or within the last 30 minutes leading up to your sleep. This can provide you with this thing we call neural circuitry that can help your brain fall asleep faster. And um, this could also be the time that you can sort of chill out and relax. Some of the things you could include in your bedtime routine are Stop doing anything complicated. That's what I try to do. I try to not do anything complicated um, for at least an hour before sleeping. This helps my brain relax and sort of get ready for this sleep zen mode. I would also try to meditate for about at least five minutes at any given time. Because many studies have shown that mindfulness practices such as meditation or just mindfulness by itself 
can improve insomnia-like symptoms. Read something light, not something complex. Or, you know, you can read fiction. You can read something, again, like with spirituality. Just something not with your day or your interests. Because then you're going to have an excitability of the neurons. Listen to calm music or sounds of nature. We already established that sounds can alter our brain waves, reducing the electrical activity in the brain, which can help us fall asleep faster. Then you can journal or write down any worries or tasks for the next day. This is also called as brain dumping and has been shown to help you sleep better. One other thing I like to do is to foam roll or do some sort of stretching. Well, you, we call it self-myofacial release and you can do this with most of the things. I use a Hypervolt, which is its electronic massage gun, or I can use normally a foam roller and this helps reduce tension and stress in the muscles, which can help with, you know, it can help the body relax overall and prepare for bed. The next thing is to restrict water or any fluids before bed. And this is a big one because there is a condition called nocturia, which is, I mean, officially it means it's a need for a person to go to the toilet to pee frequently, even when you're sleeping. And when I talk to people, nocturia is a common problem, even with me. And it's caused by drinking water close to bedtime. And this... When you wake up to pee, it disturbs your sleep, really. And studies have shown that this can result in reduced memory, um, reduced concentration, and reduced mood. So it has a lot of cognitive downfalls. To avoid this kind of nocturia, um, I would re recommend that you restrict your fluid consumptions at least two hours be before bed. And this will ensure that you take fewer trips to the toilet in the middle of the night, which can damage your sleep. Additionally, I also recommend that you do make sure that you go to the bathroom before you sleep. Then, our last one for today is to restrict heavy foods few hours before bedtime. Now, everyone loves eating before bed, as eating sort of seems to relax us. And when I couldn't fall asleep before, like my parents and some of my friends would say, just eat something heavy and you'll be able to fall asleep. And we all know that, you know, when we have something like sugary or grainy carbs, we fall, we seems like we fall asleep. While eating this food groups will give us a sensation of satisfaction, they're sort of like harmful to your sleep as they increase your risk of getting an acid reflux, they increase blood sugar levels, which eventually crashes when you are sleeping resulting in this unknown awakening in the middle of the night and not being able to sleep again also i would recommend that with all my recommendations i always say avoid foods high in lectins such as beans wheats peanuts tomatoes potatoes before bed lectins can cause inflammation in the body and can also cause hypothalamic dysregulation apart from its harmful effect on sleep quality eating before bed is detrimental to your general health as it creates a production of extra energy think of this as extra electrons which are these unused energy from foods and they can trigger a chain not just one but like a chain of 
reactive processes within our cells, damaging the energy production systems called the mitochondria in the cells. And outside the cells, they can damage the cell membranes. And this results in DNA mutation and damage. In simple terms, it's a very quick way of accelerating aging. So I really recommend that you do not eat any heavy meals two to three hours before bed. And with that, we have come to an end to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode and see you in the next one. Your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated. If you want to learn more, then head over to our website, www.shiftwithcj.com.